Hello, I am Mary Ellen Harn, and welcome to the second episode in our Power of Data podcast series. Today, I'm joined by Ashvin Parmar to talk about how data estate modernization is the next best thing in portfolio management. Welcome, Ashvin. Can you share a bit about yourself? Certainly. Uh, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, I have been in the financial services industry for about uh, 25 years now. And I have spent about half of my career uh, as a consultant and other half uh, with uh, you know, what would be considered as Capgemini uh, banking clients. Uh, having this uh, mixed experience gives me a very unique perspective uh, to think about the challenges and opportunities from uh, our clients' uh, vantage points. Uh, throughout my career, uh, I have had opportunities to work on a wide range of things, Uh, Everything from building brokerage platforms to uh, running infrastructure organizations uh, to running global shared services functions to running uh, global data uh, and insights uh, organizations. Uh, I've been uh, with Capgemini for uh, nearly 10 years now, and I have played a a variety of uh, leadership roles uh, here. Uh, Currently, I'm responsible for uh, developing and running financial services insights and data portfolio uh, function. Uh, specifically uh, in that I'm responsible for driving our portfolio SIFT agenda uh, by leveraging AI, analytics, cloud, and uh, transformative programs to help clients optimize uh, their data estates and, and to build d- data-driven organizations. Well, that's very, uh, this is a very impressive background. You certainly have um, perspective from both sides being a client as well as working for Capgemini. So uh, let's dive right into our discussion today. So as you work for Capgemini. Can you tell us how Capgemini is helping customers accelerate their data journey to the cloud? Certainly. Uh, We partner uh, with our clients uh, with their uh, data on the cloud journeys by helping them uh, develop and organize uh, the data analytics capabilities across multiple dimensions, things like uh, strategy, people, process, data, uh, and technology. Uh, Specifically, uh, we assist them with uh, defining uh, aspirations and setting the visions, which is about uh, defining, you know, what does the end goal look like? Uh, You know, what are the strategic use cases for data? Uh, What are the potential, um, you know, uh, build approaches uh, that they would like to take on? You know, what does the uh, organizational accountability look like? Secondly, uh, we help them uh, evaluate their uh, assets and capabilities uh, and uh, value creation opportunities. So this includes... um, um, you know, complete enterprise data and analytics capability assessment, for example. Uh, it also includes uh, benchmarking exercise against uh, industry-based practices, uh, as well as how they're tracking uh, against their peer groups. Thirdly, uh, we help them define uh, specific use cases uh, and uh, the corresponding business models. And then, uh, you know, of course, we do, uh, you know, pilots and, and develop uh, MVPs uh, and uh, we help them uh, with the scaling up, you know, once uh, things are up and running and, and getting to a BAU state. When we do all this, uh, we, we tend to uh, leverage four guiding principles. Uh, first, uh, you know, we focus on accelerated migration, which is about uh, leveraging hardened tools and methodologies for migration and showing you know, faster time to market and also showing uh, incremental business values. Secondly, uh, you know, we, we look for faster recovery of investment. Uh, we look for the non-disruptive experience, uh, which is about uh, keeping the interaction with the data assets uniform uh, throughout the, uh, the, uh, the migration journey so that um, you know, the business is minimally impacted. 
And lastly, if we think about a connected journey uh, when we do the data estate modernization, uh, meaning uh, you know we, we uh, have a, uh, a, a process where we start by database migration, for example, then we you know go to uh, the data reengineering, replatforming, redesigning solutions, uh, stuff of that nature. Uh, we do have a number of plug and play accelerators and framework uh, that we have invested in uh, to expedite uh, the overall uh, modernization of the data platforms. Uh, things like uh, cost rationalization, uh, demonstrable ROI, you know, building the business cases. Uh, we also uh, address a lot of the security and compliance uh, to regulation aspects. Uh, we bring in automation and the AI first, uh, AI first approach uh, when we do the uh, estate modernization. Uh, you know, we, we look at uh, multiple, um, you know, modernization factory framework. Uh, we look at things like, you know, uh, is the Big Bang migration approach, uh, you know, uh, viable? Or, you know, should the client be looking at a phase-wide migration, meaning, you know, uh, do the migration by data uh, layers or by subject areas, by sources, uh, stuff of that nature. Uh, we also uh, partner with our clients uh, to decide on, uh, you know, whether re-hosting, re-platforming or re-engineering the workload uh, is, uh, you know, best suited for uh, what they need. Um, we have developed a you know all of these accelerators and framework uh, to migrate and modernize uh, data warehouse appliances, uh, uh, data warehouses, data lakes, uh, you know all of those onto the uh, cloud equivalent technologies. Well, that's quite a process that has gone through to 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 do this. Given that we're now in a pandemic, would you say that the drivers of cloud adaptation have changed? And are you seeing anything that is specific to regions? Good question. I think uh, COVID-19 has had a significant negative impact, um, you know, uh, and has rippled through uh, businesses and their customers, their employees, their suppliers, uh, you know, their operations, etc. Uh, some of the impact uh, from this uh, unprecedented pandemic has been, uh, you know, things like, um, you know, collapse of business models in some instances, meaning, uh, you know, with consumers avoiding crowds, uh, businesses, uh, you know, that do not have, uh, you know, a good portion of their sales coming from the online sources, uh, you know, may uh, be at risk of losing or severely impacting, you know, their businesses. Uh, secondly, there is also a struggle uh, to engage customers as well as, uh, you know, employees. Uh, this is especially becoming hard as the employees are working remotely and then, you know, consumers are shopping uh, for products and services online. We did a, a, a study recently uh, we showed that, uh, you know, many of the businesses still don't have a good uh, contingency plan uh, in place for the uh, COVID-19 outbreak. And that, you know, leads to poor communication and even, you know, disruption of services. Uh, so the new working patterns, the new consumer behavior, uh, you know, could uh, overwhelm the business technologies, um, you know, that they have on the legacy environments um, and needs to be addressed. Uh, one other thing uh, related to the pandemic is that uh, you know we are seeing an uptick uh, in terms of profiteering and fraud events? Um, you know, bad actors are uh, taking advantage of uh, increased vulnerabilities and anxieties. Uh, you know, which is created by uh, the pandemic. I think uh, specific to financial services, uh, we are observing that a full uh, digital is uh, shaping the industry. Uh, in the banking uh, side, uh, you know, we are seeing growth in the uh, contact lex uh, uh, transactions. We are seeing um, rise in the digital uh, footprint. 
Uh, we are seeing things like eKYC, digital onboarding, e-signatures, uh, e-wallet, uh, digital currency, stuff of that nature. And on the insurance side, uh, we are seeing more and more uh, usage-based offering, one touch or straight through processing, digital underwriting, uh, increase in, in the use of telematic and telehealth uh, you know, type of things. I think uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, if you want to see a silver line, um, it uh, has provided uh, clients and opportunities to accelerate the, you know, the customer centricity uh, and, um, you know, make, uh, you know, more efficient, uh, you know, business models. Uh, we are seeing uh, that the uh, clients are looking for uh, a rapid um, cost reductions uh, in their data platforms. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they're looking to have better agility so that they can react uh, to, uh, you know, this type of, uh, you know, pandemic and, and this type of, uh, you know, market conditions that we just, you know, talked about. Uh, typical problems, though, in, you know, in doing this are, you know, a lot of the times uh, the business teams can't access the data that they need uh, or, you know, it, taking, it takes too long for them to get to the data. Um, some of the crisis mode management uh, end up with, uh, you know, bad quality data or, you know, they run into issues with the compliance. Uh, you know, there are performance issues because of the increased number of, you know, users coming in from, uh, you know, certain challenge, et cetera. So, uh, you know, many of these problems uh, can easily be addressed by migrating the legacy data assets and the uh, BI applications onto the cloud. Uh, and, you know, we're saying that this has been one of the, the key reasons why uh, clients are taking up BI modernization, uh, data warehouse of, offloading, uh, data migration and re-architecture, uh, you know, onto the uh, the cloud. Uh, in terms of the other question that you asked about in terms of regional nuances, I think, uh, you know, we're seeing more or less the similar patterns across the globe, uh, you know, during the pandemic. Uh, the only thing that uh, will be different will, you know, which uh, cloud technologies they will leverage uh, to address the challenges, which, you know, more or less is driven by, you know, their own constraints, you know, their own, you know, requirements and aspirations. It does seem like the pandemic has really jump-started things and that, you know, they still need to, to be able to progress, they still need to go back and, and do their transformation, but um, the, the pandemic has sort of just accelerated everything. Um, do you have any examples of how Capgemini helps clients in data estate transformation, um, specifically uh, data democratization, data-driven organizations, and data monetization? I think that would also help bring this to life in terms of what needs to be done? Sure. I think, uh, you know, power ter, uh, powerful analytics uh, technology uh, enables uh, firms to use data in ways, uh, you know, they had previously, you know, may not have considered. Uh, but, you know, many of the clients face uh, organizational changes to becoming uh, data-driven companies. Uh, and then, you know, there are other clients who are waiting for the right business opportunities to, uh, to emerge uh, before enhancing uh, that analytics, uh, you know, capabilities. So, you know, as a result, uh, you know, many of these firms uh, are lagging behind, uh, you know, their industry peers in terms of the investment uh, in adoption of, uh, you know, analytics. Um, the other thing is uh, the explosion in available uh, customer data, both, uh, you know, the personal data as well as commercial data, uh, the growth uh, in terms of the analytics technology, and um, you know, rapidly declining cost uh, of uh, computing power, uh, the cost of the data storage, are prompting uh, the companies to invest uh, in, in data analytics. Uh, you know, as a mean uh, means to uh, innovate. Um, you know, there are numerous examples, uh, both in banking and insurance sectors, uh, for performing uh, data estate modernization. Everything from 
the strategic planning uh, and business case creation to um, uh, you know migrating and providing ongoing IT operation solutions. Uh, but you know when I step back and look at this, um, you know uh, typically we see two types of engagements uh, in in this space. You know the first type is the uh, the greenfield implementations. So these are um, you know instances uh, which are driven um, you know by the business use cases. Things like um, how do we improve the lead generation, uh, how to improve the uh, client experiences, uh, you know, and this uh, you know usually includes uh, business use case approach, source centric approach, uh, or you know a combination approach. The second type uh, you know that we see often is the uh, legacy sunset, or you know these are uh, the IT cost um, uh, you know driven implementations. So they typically include uh, rehosting, replatforming, reengineering, uh, you know type of things. Uh, common to both of this type of engagement, uh, you, you know, uh, we, we see a lot of foundational uh, type of things like define and set up type of engagement. So this includes things like uh, conceptualizing and rationalizing the business use cases, uh, defining the uh, reference architecture, selecting the cloud technologies, uh, defining the, uh, the roadmap and, you know, what does the operating model look like? And then, of course, you know, building out the platforms, uh, you know, et cetera. Uh, there is also, um, you know, an increased uh, interest, uh, I would say, uh, in the dem- data democratization topic. First, uh, the businesses rely on the data, uh, you know, to drive insights uh, into their core services, their operations, you know, their uh, customer engagement, uh, improving their performance and stuff of that nature. You know, second thing is they want to break down uh, the silos um, and, you know, derive uh, the insights faster. And they also want to share, uh, you know, the data uh, as an opportunity uh, to, you know, potentially, uh, you know, monetize, right, um, you know, uh, the value out of the data. Uh, so we're seeing an uptick uh, in, in the demand uh, for setting up uh, enterprise, uh, enterprise-wide or, uh, you know, sometimes uh, department-specific or line of business-specific, uh, you know, marketplaces uh, to address uh, use cases like um, um, risk modeling, uh, customer acquisition, uh, origination, collections, you know, stuff of that nature. Uh, to service all of this demand, uh, at Capgemini, uh, we have developed a, a comprehensive approach and solution built on uh, Capgemini 890 platform. Uh, 890 is our insights and data marketplace platform that allows uh, clients to create and host a wall garden of data, you know, giving their users uh, ability to, to discover and securely access um, you know, all of this data, uh, you know, uh, properly. Uh, it allows them to create and own um, uh, data exchanges, uh, you know, which can be used to engage their employees, their subsidiaries, their partners, their consumers, uh, you know, etc. cetera. Um, it also uh, allows uh, to leverage public data sets uh, from the marketplace and combining, uh, you know, all of them uh, with their own data to gain, you know, even more uh, deeper insights, uh, you know, which can, you know, really be differentiating for them. Well, there really does seem to be a lot for clients to consider. If you had to look at or name what are the largest opportunities for them to undertake, what would those be? Mm, good question. I think, um, you know, there is a huge, uh, you know, amount of uh, a change uh, that's happening in the world of the data. Uh, for example, uh, migrating of legacy on-premise data warehouses, uh, you know, provides a tremendous opportunity for the clients, uh, and you know, at the same time, offers many benefits. Things like, you know, performance, availability, cost, 
better manageability, you know, uh, agility, you know, stuff that we talked about. And, and doing all of this without you know, compromising uh, on the security. Uh, secondly, you know, what we're saying is as products like, you know, Teradata and Natiza, which, you know, many of the financial services clients had, uh, you know, heavily invested in over the years, as they reach uh, end of support and end of life, um, you know, uh, type of milestones, a lot of the customers are contemplating, you know, whether to upgrade them, uh, you know, in place or, you know, should they uh, take those and put them onto the cloud as is, or should they migrate these workloads up to other cloud options, you know, stuff of that nature. Uh, the other, you know, key things that's happening is the uh, operational analytics and the data warehousing uh, are converging. Um, the As the volume and the, the velocity of the data continues to increase, uh, clients are finding a new value in all of this data. Uh, and then lastly, uh, event data like uh, clickstream, IoT data, and the operational events can, uh, you know, uh, you cannot uh, isolate it uh, from the client's business data anymore. If you combine, uh, you know, business data with this event data, uh, then, you know, clients have ability uh, to answer much more sophisticated uh, and end-to-end uh, business questions. And, and that, uh, in turn, again, can give them uh, competitive, uh, you know, advantages. Uh, the traditional data platforms, um, you know, can no longer keep up uh, with the data and the insights demand, uh, and at the same time keep the cost down. So hence, you know, I think that the data on cloud is no longer an optional, uh, you know, thing. Now, earlier you mentioned in our conversation that fraud and financial crime are increasing during the pandemic. Now, how are data privacy concerns of the industry being addressed by Capgemini's financial services insights and data practice? And I think this is something that's really at the top of mind for a lot of people right now. Yeah, it most certainly is. I think, you know, when it comes to safeguarding the data uh, and the applications, uh, the cloud security should, uh, you know, become an integral part of the client's uh, you know, planning process, right? As data protection and privacy regulations also become tougher, um, you know, companies and the cloud um, uh, service providers uh, will need to quickly adapt uh, you know, to ensure compliance, right? Uh, while the cloud providers uh, you know, may be accountable for uh, you know, the infrastructure um, you know, aspects of the privacy and security, ultimately, um, you know, it, it is the, uh, you know, the, uh, the financial services institutions uh, who are responsible for vetting the, the security and the recovery capabilities of the, the cloud vendors. Uh, I think in addition to that, uh, they're responsible for applying uh, the appropriate security uh, and, and the access control uh, to all of their cloud uh, data and the applications. Um, you know, what we see is many of our clients are struggling to meet um, um, you know, the new regulatory requirements uh, primarily because uh, the siloed legacy system uh, often lack um, uh, integration. Uh, there's also uh, overwhelming volume of data being maintained, uh, and that could be uh, you know, very problematic. So to address all this, uh, we help uh, you know, our clients establish a more uh, comprehensive information governance program uh, that address data management and the privacy challenges. Uh, not just, uh, you know, to meet the compliance standard, but also, you know, enable uh, better uh, business decisions and actions. Uh, in addition, uh, you know, to that, we focus on, uh, you know, things like um, uh, data minimization, right, uh, uh, in which uh, 
Now, we, we set up uh, protocols uh, that automatically flush uh, redundant and defunct information on a routine basis. Um, now we feel that the best way to protect uh, uh, sensitive information uh, from the, uh, the breach and the bad actors that we talked about earlier uh, is to carefully and legally discard uh, information when you know, they no longer are needed or you know, uh, the clients no longer have the legal basis uh, to retain or process them. Um, now, on the flip side, um, you know, treating the data as a tradable asset uh, that consumer knowingly and willingly uh, exchange uh, for something of a value uh, can be turned into a, a competitive advantage. So uh, an example would be, um, you know, emerging data collection options such as, uh, you know, you have telemetrics uh, from, from uh, you know, cars, from homes, from businesses. Uh, they can create, uh, you know, uh, clearly some compliance order, uh, but uh, the clients can, um, you know, uh, use them uh, to engage the customer better and utilize all of this new data uh, for the uh, mutual, you know, benefits. So uh, the organizations need to be aware of exactly where uh, the data about a specific customer is stored, uh, how complete and accurate it is, uh, you know, how it is being used and protected, you know, ensure that the legal basis is maintained, you know, throughout. Um, so we help uh, develop a comprehensive data privacy processes and solutions uh, by asking, you know, questions like how they evaluated whether, you know, they're keeping only the data that they need. You know, do they have the proper governance process in place? Um, you know, uh, what new use cases they are planning to use, stuff of that nature. Okay. Uh, so aside from data privacy concerns, clients really want these days anyway to take advantage of artificial intelligence and machine learning from the cloud, and they can use this to adapt to new customer behaviors. How, how can they do this? I think um, that the brick and mortars are, are behind, uh, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, using AI and machine learning for personalization. Uh, this is probably the single most uh, important driver, uh, you know, personalization is that is. Uh, for success, you know, uh, in using the AI uh, in the foreseeable future. Uh, so, for example, on the product side, uh, AI can address, you know, things like uh, when, what, and how much. Uh, on the engagement side, uh, it can help with, uh, you know, what messaging uh, to engage uh, the current and the prospective customers with. Uh, the digital experience and the mapping uh, of the, um, you know, end-to-end -end customer journey uh, is possible uh, for the direct personal line, you know, writers and, uh, you know, and the life insurers using uh, augmented data from, um, uh, you know, for entity resolution, uh, for uh, accurately positioning marketing solutions, uh, you know, doing things like next best action and stuff of that nature. You know, some of the insurers have, have to really up their game uh, if they were to, you know, combat the, uh, the digital players and, and uh, you know, the rise of, you know, InsurTech. Uh, because, you know, a lot of these new entrants uh, build their personalization tech uh, on the cloud, right? You know, they use um, uh, best-in-class AI and analytics, uh, AI and ML, you know, technologies, right? Uh, with embedded uh, fairness constraints, uh, you know, they use the best uh, infrastructure. So, you know, optimize uh, GPU uh, to support, um, you know, um, a migration, if you will, you know, from the uh, big data to a uh, big AI type of things. Um, you know, they can quickly adapt to the changing, uh, you know, uh, preferences, uh, you know, by doing the incremental and reinforced, um, you know, learning stuff of that nature. Uh, I think in addition to um, the customer behavior type of use cases, 
there are many other things that um, you know insurers and, and the banks uh, you know can do uh, to make uh, a much more informed decisions uh, using AI and ML. Uh, you know they can do things like um, you know use AI to speed up underwriting. You know they can do better uh, risk mitigation. Uh, you know with real time analytics they can use um, uh, AI to improve the claims analytics. Uh, you know, they can empower, um, you know, uh, humans to do, uh, you know, their jobs better. Uh, you know, they can use AI to inform, um, you know, things like, um, um, you know, uh, other clients with similar, you know, profile about this product. You know, are you interested? You know, Amazon type of things. Uh, so stuff, of, stuff like that, uh, you know, uh, can be can be leveraged. Well, another hot topic in for the industry right now is data governance. Uh, how can data governance concerns be addressed in the cloud? I think uh, that as uh, more and more, uh, you know, firms embark uh, on their cloud journey, uh, the governance, uh, you know, has to be the top uh, on the priorities, right, along with the privacy and security type of things. Uh, you know, they must focus on a, a consumption-driven uh, data governance approach, uh, you know, meaning uh, know and govern what data is available on the cloud, uh, you know what is consumed, uh, who is consuming it, where is it, you know, being consumed, uh, how is it being consumed, and uh, you know for what purpose the data is being consumed. Um, the firms, uh, you know, must design and or personalize a robust um, a cloud data governance operating model, uh, connecting the uh, the various cloud personas, uh, processes, data, and technology. Uh, the key, I think, to to establish the trust uh, between the producers and the consumers uh, of the you know the cloud uh, you know data you know is underpin on this. Um, the hybrid cloud and the multi-cloud environments, um, you know, if clients are using that, uh, it must ensure that they have the unified uh, semantic layer and vocabulary uh, that can deliver seamless uh, metadata-driven uh, self-service provisioning capabilities across you know all of these disparate uh, you know environments. Uh, the data localization, uh, data uh, sovereignty governance is also uh, a critical aspect. Uh, you know, when you are talking about the uh, the cloud-based, uh, you know, leverage, uh, things like GDPR, uh, you know, will also you know come into the play. Uh, lastly, uh, you know, the cloud vendor side, uh, they are also you know have a lot of uh, their own offerings. You know, they have data catalogs, uh, you know, etc. And uh, you know most of these uh, cloud-specific uh, catalogs, you know, support uh, limited uh, governance uh, functionality. In our opinion, uh, you know, they can do things like discover and document cloud inventory, classify and tag data, uh, collaborate and you know manage metadata stuff of that nature. Uh, but you know, the organizations uh, adopting the uh, the cloud-based catalog, uh, you know, must ensure that they have a fully integrated governance platform that bring together a holistic governance solution, um, you know, the cloud data catalog and uh, and a comprehensive metadata platform. Well, this has certainly been an interesting and thought-provoking discussion. Thank you for joining me and sharing your deep content knowledge, Ashvin. Really, really interesting. To our listeners, if you are interested in learning more about Capgemini's insight and data capabilities, please contact us on LinkedIn and Twitter and visit capgemini.com to learn more about our approach to insights and data for the financial services industry.